Welcome to the Building Management Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. The historic Kemper Arena in the West Bottoms of Kansas City that once hosted professional basketball and hockey is now called Hy-V Arena. The 10-year naming rights deal comes months ahead of the arena's reopening and renovation. Here to talk about how she's reinventing the sheer concept of a sports arena is Julie Risher, general manager of Hy-V Arena. We're going to talk about how this arena will differ from others like it and some of the building management obstacles that come with such a diverse facility. How are you doing, Julie? Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Julie, so why don't we catch everyone up? Can you tell us a little bit about what you do at Hy-V Arena? Uh, sure. Um, you know, it's one of those cases where I'm uh, the person that wears many hats, just like most people in any environment today. Uh, but my title is general manager. So I was running all of the leasing, um, operations, sales, um, events, everything until about six months ago. And I started uh, having the ability to bring on some staff. So now I'm up to a staff of six and we're still expanding. So now it's, it's a lot stronger team. So among your many hats, uh, what do you find yourself doing most days? I know, I know it varies because a title like general manager is vague on purpose, right? If, if you could, you know, try and contextualize this a little bit, what, what, it, what does your day-to-day usually look like if you could even attempt at describing that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and early on, you know, it was kind of, it was um, Steve Fouch, who's the owner of the company, had come to me and, and had asked me if I could manage the project for him on the operational side. I've been in the industry for 25 years, so I was like, you know, I, I can definitely take care of that for you. And so the first thing that we needed to get going was obviously we needed events in the building to start, um, you know, really giving us some leverage to get tenants to come in. And so I was doing a lot of um, meeting with different tournament and local organizers and then bringing in the types of services that I knew that people would want to enjoy while they're utilizing the facility. And so a lot of um, I'm also a real estate broker, so I was doing contracts on leases um, for the tenants, leases on the events, and then also doing some marketing for advertising and sponsorships. So those were my three main uh, you know, realms of, of kind of the hats I wore. Now I'm kind of to the point where I have people that are specializing in those three areas. So I'm able to just manage and maybe just do some more connections and, and go a little bit higher level. Um, you know, but it's kind of funny how the evolution of, you know, we were down in the weeds for a while and then my role has kind of taken me up to a little bit of an elevation that I can kind of look at it at a little more holistically and say, okay, you know, where, where do we need to start focusing or where are we lacking? And, um, you know, and really start target marketing some of the areas where we still need some filling of, you know, certain services that, that we think would be good fits for the building or some open spaces that we have for the courts to start filling in, you know, who would be our target audience and, and really market those groups. So what has that approach been like to try and, and, and foster and find the target audience? It's, uh, you know, I'll be honest, it was a lot tougher going into this two years ago. Number one, we didn't own the building yet, so we had a vision, and you're selling blueprints. I mean, I truly just had pieces of paper, and I'm in the former Kemper Arena lobby bringing people in, and they're seeing the old Kemper, which many of us had not been inside of Kemper for many years. So most people have memories and we discuss those and and a lot of Kansas Cityans we all have just you know kind of a warm place in our heart for this building and then start telling them and walking them through a vision so it took people that could kind of walk with you in that vision but a lot of people just don't have that capability so they'd say yeah it sounds cool but you know and it's it's really been a you know number 1 you know you don't really own the building yet number 2 is it really going to happen number 3 is there really that big of a demand in sports 
you know, it's just kind of, there were just so many other questions that at the time, you know, I didn't have the leverage of saying, well, this is my big tenant list and this is my big event list. I mean, you have to start ground level. And so it was a big challenge, but now we are, you know, we're, we're 50 days away from opening and, you know, about 80% full, we've got our weekends going. I mean, it's just such a different environment now for us where people are, they know what's going to happen. And I think that's what's so exciting for us. Right. You don't, you don't have to sell an idea anymore, right? It's a, it's a tangible thing for sure. It truly is. I mean, the building itself is just amazing that they, it sells itself now because people were just amazed to think that we could actually put in a second floor in the middle of an arena that doesn't even touch the existing structure. Wow. So that, I mean, that must be one like, exciting for you, right? To be able to follow that process, right? So, so I mean, congratulations on that now that you're so close to opening and, you know, you, you started off at a point where you just had to basically tell people, oh, just trust me. <laughs> well, this is going to yeah. work out. Yeah, it, it really was. And, you know, and I'll be honest, there was a point in time that even when um, Steve Fouch came to me and said, hey, I'm going to get the building. Do you want to come run it? You know, and I leaned across the table and I said, are you sure it's going to work? And I mean, so even even I just had that moment of, you know, are you sure? Are you sure there's a demand? Have you done enough research? And to get to that point, but of course, you know, he's just a, such a successful business person. His projects do work and he it's just so innovative and creative that, you know, you got to just jump in and say, you know, I'm behind this guy and he's right. He's dead on. So as as general manager, I mean, the, the interesting thing about this arena is that it has to be a facility that works for for different because I assume you have some retail spots, right? Some you have a sports facility, you have office spaces. So how hard is it to to manage, you know, different sectors, basically? Right. Because I think, you know, generally general managers end up focusing on one or the other. Right. So what, what, what has, how has it been, you know, balancing uh, all these different sectors you got to work with? You know, I'll tell you, Omer, this has been, it, it, it's, it's so atypical, but this building as a whole, this entire project is so atypical that I don't think anybody's role in this building is what we would call industry standard. And so even my title as a general manager and, and having, you know, managed a facility before, I wasn't leasing spaces and... I mean, I just wasn't in, and it's, you know, 95% of what I'm doing now is just so much different that it's like, yeah, I have the core items of what we're doing operationally. It's an arena, but it's really a, a sports mall. It's just a big complex. And so I'm a landlord plus a manager. And that's a, a very different environment when you have over 40 different tenants coming in who are either looking for retail space or they're officing. And not too many people have that either. You're either a manager of, you know, a strip mall, or you're a manager of an office building, or you're a manager of an apartment complex, or you're a manager of, you know, an entertainment facility. And I kind of have it all here, minus a residential aspect, I kind of have everything in this building. So it's, that's what I think is so unique. But it's, um, I'm blessed enough that my two passions in life have been real estate and events. And so having the background in both, it's, it's like, wow, that, you know, my two passions, you know, they, my two worlds collided, so to speak, in this project. Yeah, it sounds like this is kind of made for you. <laughs> yeah, but, somehow, God knows. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that worked out. Mm -hmm. Because it is it is an interesting thing, right? And, I, and, and I'm curious, you know, at, in the earlier stages when, when you really just had to sell the idea as a concept, was has it consistently been this vision of a, a you know, like you say, a sports mall? Or did it kind of evolve into that 
as the the project came along? It it really has evolved. So um, I was the director of Kemper Arena uh, in 2012, and when Steve Fouch started coming down to the facility to tour that, and and he was telling me the vision and his initial vision for it was to be a youth sports complex. He expected it to be very volleyball centric. And we talked about taking the former suites and they were going to be team rooms and people could just rent those out on the weekends. Uh, he, we were going to have a gym, a hydrotherapy. We were going to own these things. And so basically we were going to be full operators of the building and just have different services, sports and yeah, services really more so not necessarily the retail. And, and then once I got in here and I just started asking questions and, and, you know, we'd sit down and talk and, and I'd say, you know, what if we took the suites and we rented them out during the week and did almost like a co-working space during the week and then had team rooms on the weekend. And it's like, okay. So then we started, you know, looking into that and how that would work. And I met with some companies that do that here in town just to get an idea. And then I went back to him and said, what if I leased them out permanently? And just made them somebody's office. And he was like, okay, because you think you can? I said, yeah, I think so. And so, you know, I started leasing them out. And so it was just, again, though, you know, you need to find the right clients. You know, people that, that want to be in a sports environment, want to have, you know, a lot of people around and that maybe don't need a library quiet environment because we really don't know how loud it's going to be in here. You know, if there's going to be over in the noon hour with all of our pickup games, there could be a lot of a hoot and hollering, whistles and, and music playing. But if you know, if people are into that kind of environment, then we're the place to be. So that's, that's kind of, you know, just in that sense of going from what we thought we were going to own to where today, the only items that, that I'm going to actually own are the track and the courts, other than the public areas, you know, the locker rooms. And, and then we do, we did keep a couple team rooms. Everything else is leased out privately. So, I mean, what a, what a, you know, 180 from where we were before. I mean, that's a completely different direction. And then even the courts, we've taken the sports where where we thought it was going to be volleyball centric. It actually is basketball driven. And so we've really geared the courts to be very basketball specific um, for the players to come in. We have everything from, you know, uh, third graders to semi-professional. And now we have some NBA players that have come through and want to do some events here and, and things like that. So it's just really elevated what we're doing there. And, you know, back in that, you know, four or five years ago, we never expected to get professional athletes per se, as a common user. So it, it's, it's just evolved so much uh, that the, the community that, that's coming in here is just, I, I mean, I can't get over how much bigger it is and grander it is and how much it has changed and evolved. And even six months ago, this building is different than what it was you know, a year ago. And then today it's different from six months ago. It just keeps changing. And that's so exciting, right? Because it seems like it, it, it evolved out of necessity, right? Like I, I can't even... Even just based on your descriptions, this seems like it, like what it should be. Right. <laughs> and and I know it's like a, it's always a struggle to get to that point, but uh, I'm I'm so excited for you guys that you guys you guys found it there. And and as we're getting closer to, you know, the the big day and and you know the opening, what uh what are you working on now? Um, are you still filling out retail spots? What what's your main uh I guess not worry but uh duty now. We have a, a couple main things that we have going on is um, I think we have some some more opportunities for some food vendors. The, honestly, what's happened is that when we book new events and we start seeing the numbers that are coming in, we start thinking maybe we don't have enough services to manage those weekend tournaments to make it as user um, efficient as we'd like it to be. 
And that's, those are the little things now that we're starting to look really into those fine details of saying, okay, look, you know, we have this demographic coming in and we have it coming in often now. What if we go ahead and find, you know, like women's boutiques? I think that's kind of a draw now that I'm seeing such a large number of um, teenage girls up into the, you know, women, adult women that I'm like, okay, we can have some more boutiques or makeups or, you know, jewelry, things that are a little more designed just for one demographic. And then, you know, then you start looking on the same direction, like, okay, how many um, youth males do we have coming in and do we have enough activities for them? So we have, you know, like the e-gaming and the, the arcades. And, and so those are the ideas that, you know, I, I really have gone through and started looking at real specifics, where are we lacking and who do we need to go get? So we are truly targeting with the spaces that we have left for tenants saying, okay, we specifically want to go find X and we start making phone calls. And, and it's really, that's the nice thing is, like I said, it's evolved enough that now people around town, they know about it. We have some good numbers on events to be able to tell people exactly who's coming into the building. So it's, it's made it a whole lot easier than, like I said, five years ago, when I'm showing them a piece of paper and saying, this is what we think we want to do. Right. And now you have your, 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 at least a, a general idea of what your target audience is going to be. So that, uh, I'm sure that's also helping out. Julie, so my last question for you is, you know, th this this is coming up now, and you've been you've been so tied to to this this whole thing's evolution. What what are you hoping for? What are you looking forward to in the future that uh, you hope to do at Hive Arena? I'll tell you, first and foremost, I cannot wait to see life back in this building, and I, I'm so excited that that Kansas City is going to get to use it again, and to know that there there you know there's kind of been an age skip where a lot of us that are you know, probably about if you're around 40 and up, you know, you probably came in here as a kid. And then there's kind of going to be a lull of people. There's so many of those millennials that have never been in this building. And to know that they are going to be potentially using it with some of our rec leagues. And then as they continue to grow and, you know, have families that, you know, their children are going to be able to use that. So just, just to see the building get used again, it's always been such a great bones. And now we've got it um, updated and it's pretty and it's it's just it's cool and modern and that technology that's coming in here so we you know we're staying up with the times and just kind of getting back back in the game with Kemper is just just a cool deal but that's that's probably like my big you know scope of everything that just you know makes me smile makes me happy I've I made the joke I'm not much of a crier but I'm probably gonna cry when we open and just see people's emotions and faces when they see what we've done to it. But the, um, you know, the, the lower level is just going to be the, you know, the area. I think we can develop the West Bottoms. And I think this is such a foothold of what's going to be the next in Kansas City. And so this area down here, we have a new apartment complex coming in across the street. A lot of the buildings have been purchased. Um, a lot of people may have heard that, you know, our phase two is we're, hope we're hopeful to get the American Royal building to the south of us eventually, you know, and make that our turf fields. But, you know, that's you know, we have plans to make this into a big sports complex, which then just drives more of the economy back down to the West Bottoms. You know, we can get hotels back here. We can get more transit down here. It, it's really just a cool thought to think that we are starting Kansas City's next, so to speak. Yeah, man, Julie, I'm, I'm so excited for you. And, and thank you so much for talking with us today. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketskill.com industries and subscribe to articles, podcasts, and video content for your favorite industries. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. Have a good day.